Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People vs. Wilkins, decided on December 14, 2021. Di Fiori, Chief Judge. When a defendant is not present at a sidebar conference wherein the court actively solicits answers from a prospective juror which relate to issues of bias or hostility, People v. Antimarchi requires a new trial in the absence of defendant's waiver of the right to be present. Defendant's protest in the trial court is generally not required. The purpose of the Antimarchi rule, as derived from CPL 260.20, is to provide defendant the opportunity to personally assess the juror's facial expressions and demeanor in order to provide meaningful input on the prospective juror's retention or exclusion from the jury. The question presented on this appeal is whether defendant, having explicitly waived his antimarchy right to be present at sidebars in the middle of the voir dire proceeding involving a prospective juror who was ultimately struck when co-defendant exercised a peremptory strike, is entitled to a new trial based on his absence from a pre-waiver sidebar conference with that same prospective juror. We conclude that the claimed error, under these unique circumstances, required defendant's protest in the trial court given his acquiescence in the post-waiver voir dire of the prospective juror after being invited to express any objection that he may have had regarding the pre-waiver sidebar conference. We therefore affirm. 1. Early one morning in August 2012, A group of customers formed a line outside a retail store to purchase newly released sneakers. Defendant and co-defendant, armed with a gun, approached the line of waiting customers and robbed the victims of their wallets, keys, cell phones and jewelry. One person resisted the robber's efforts and was shot and killed during the ensuing struggle. The assailants fled the scene. Defendant and co-defendant were subsequently arrested and charged by indictment with murder in the second degree three counts of robbery in the first degree and two counts of attempted robbery in the first degree for their participation in the crimes. They proceeded to a joint trial. During jury selection, the court conducted a voir dire in open court of each of the first 14 prospective jurors, including Juror 8, here and after referred to as CK. Before a recess and in response to the court's query whether any of the prospective jurors had anything to add to the proceedings, CK asked to approach the bench. It is undisputed that defendant had a right to be present at the sidebar with prospective juror CK, wherein she related that her nephew was a defendant in a federal drug prosecution and the court made inquiry of her general bias or hostility with regard to her nephew's unrelated criminal case. Defendant, although represented by counsel, was not present during this sidebar conference, remaining seated at counsel table. At the conclusion of the sidebar conference with counsel, CK was returned to the jury panel for the continuation of the court's voir dire. The prospective jurors exited the court for a lunch recess and defendant's counsel moved for a mistrial and for a new jury panel on two grounds. He first argued that defendant was prejudiced by the court's instruction that the jurors should not draw any adverse inference regarding his client's right not to testify because he did not request that instruction. He also objected to the court instructing the panel not to speculate as to the presence of sheriff's deputies sitting at the defense table. The court denied the motion and recessed for lunch. After the luncheon recess, the people alerted the court that it had failed to advise defendant and co-defendant of their antimarchy rights and obtain a waiver of their right to be present at the sidebars. 
The people requested that the court review the right with both defendants and ask them if they were willing to waive their presence at the conferences, offering to give brief details of what had occurred at the prior sidebar conferences. The court, with both defendants present, advised the following. I always give them the opportunity to appear with their clients, if they wish. On the other hand, if they wish to waive their right to be present then you can do that, as well. As to the four separate bench conferences, the defendants remained at the counsel table with the prosecutors and defense attorneys present. Is that still the intention of each of the clients, defense counsel? After conferring with defendant, counsel acknowledged that the court had accurately described what had taken place thus far and explicitly waived defendant's right to be present at any sidebar unless the court was notified otherwise. Defendant confirmed the waiver. At that juncture, the prospective jurors returned to the courtroom and jury selection resumed with the attorneys conducting the voir dire, each asking their own questions collectively and individually of the prospective jurors, including C.K. Defense counsel even constructed a hypothetical that incorporated C.K. At the conclusion of the voir dire of this first panel, defendant, his counsel, co-defendant and co-defendant's counsel retired to a separate room to discuss their joint use of peremptory challenges. CPL 270.253. Upon their return to open court, co-defendant's counsel peremptorily challenged prospective juror CK and defendant did not object. During the remainder of jury selection, defendant never requested to be present at any sidebars. Defendant was convicted as charged. On appeal, the appellate division modified the sentence and, as modified, affirmed the judgment, with one justice dissenting. The court rejected defendant's claim that his antimarchy rights were violated due to his absence from the sidebar conference with respect to prospective juror C.K. Finding that, the record established that the court directed each defense counsel to independently exercise peremptory challenges, without input from the other defense counsel, a violation of CPL 270.253, and co-defendant's counsel exercised a peremptory challenge to the second prospective juror C.K before defendant's defense counsel had any opportunity to consider whether to challenge that prospective juror. Defendant's remaining arguments were rejected. The dissenting justice voted to reverse and grant a new trial based on defendant's absence from the sidebar conference involving C.K. The dissent observed that there was no support in the record for the majority's conclusion that CPL 270.25.3 was not followed at trial. Instead, the jointly tried defendants shared peremptory challenges which could be exercised only by majority vote. Because defendant was entitled to have input into co-defendant's peremptory challenge of CK, the dissent concluded that the Antimarchi error was prejudicial, and warranted a new trial. The dissenting justice granted defendant's application for leave to appeal to this court. 2. In New York, defendants have a statutory right to be personally present at sidebar conferences involving the voir dire of prospective jurors concerning their ability to weigh the evidence objectively, People v. Davidson. Antimarchy. A defendant's presence at sidebar discussions involving prospective jurors on certain subjects is critical because it allows a defendant the opportunity to assess the juror's facial expressions, demeanor and other subliminal responses as well as the manner and tone of their verbal replies so as to detect any indication of bias or hostility, People v. Sloan. In determining whether attendance at sidebar requires a defendant's presence, 
The court's consideration centers on whether the defendant might have provided valuable input regarding his attorney's discretionary decision to excuse, veneer members or consent to their excusal, Davidson. However, the statutory right to be present alongside defense counsel at a sidebar conference can be waived, by a voluntary, knowing and intelligent choice, People v. Vargas, and the waiver can be either express or implied, see People v. Spotford, People v. Flynn. The form of the waiver is flexible, and can be made by counsel, see Flynn, Vargas. The right conferred by Antimarchi is not predicated upon defendant's constitutional right to confront witnesses, see People v. Mitchell, or to be present during proceedings that involve factual matters for which the defendant possesses peculiar knowledge of the salient facts, such as Sandoval or Ventimiglia hearings, People v. Dokes, Spotford. Nor is there any constitutional infirmity in the exclusion of a defendant from a sidebar conference, see Mitchell. Rather, the right is statutory, contained in CPL 260.20, and ensures a defendant's right to personal presence during jury selection for the purpose of assessing a prospective juror's demeanor in order to have meaningful input about that juror's bias or hostility. Our holding in Antimarchi represented a dramatic shift away from the customary and established procedure of having defense counsel appear alone at sidebars and, as a result, was held not to be retroactive. However, prospectively, Antimarchi violations generally may be raised on appeal even absent an objection in the trial court. Here, defendant argues that his absence from the sidebar conference with CK a conference that was preceded by open court voir dire of CK by the court and followed by defendant's explicit waiver of his antimarchy rights as well as open court voir dire of CK by the attorneys, requires a new trial. We reject that argument based on the unique circumstances of the waiver given in this particular case. Pivotally, the antimarchy violation was addressed by the court at a time when any error in the ongoing proceeding as to CK was easily curable. To be sure, the court apprised defendant of his antimarchy rights in the middle of the voir dire of CK. Defendant immediately and explicitly waived those rights, a demonstration that he trusted his attorney to convey to him the information imparted at that sidebar without requiring his presence. He made no protest as to his absence from the pre-waiver sidebar conference with CK, despite being informed of the right and invited to object. Defendant was indisputably present as the court and then his counsel conducted further voir dire of CK, giving defendant ample opportunity to assess her demeanor and provide meaningful input as to his view of her suitability, satisfying the fundamental objective of the holding in Antimarchi, see People v. Roman, Davidson. Defendant's failure to object after being given the opportunity to do so is entirely consistent with his express waiver of the right to be present at such sidebars. Trusting his counsel to act on his behalf while he personally witnessed the courts and his counsel's voir dire of CK in open court. Defendant was then given the opportunity to provide meaningful input when he convened privately with his counsel, his co-defendant and co-defendant's counsel to discuss any challenges to the jury panel. Under the circumstances presented here, defendant's continued participation in the post-waiver voir dire proceeding of CK was nothing less than acquiescence to that proceeding as a whole. The core purpose of Antimarchi was fulfilled and the proceedings required no further remedy by the trial court. This case is, in some ways, similar to People v. Narayan. There, the trial court twice instructed the defendant and his attorney not to discuss the defendant's ongoing testimony when the court recessed, implicating the constitutional right to counsel. 
Defense counsel did not object on either occasion. The following day, defense counsel asked to confer with his client and the court denied the request. At that point, defense counsel objected and later, he was permitted to speak with his client. On appeal, the defendant argued that his right to the assistance of counsel had been interfered with by the instructions of the trial court. We held that, in light of counsel's acquiescence at a time when correction was possible, defendant could not, in disregard of the statutory requirement of timely protest, thereafter secure appellate review of what transpired when counsel stood mute. When the trial court was apprised of the error while the very proceeding affected by the right to counsel violation was ongoing, the court rescinded the violation without the defendant registering an objection to the antecedent violation, thereby effectively curing the error. The defendant's assent to the continuation of the proceedings in light of the cure was fatal to the belated claim on appeal. Likewise, in People v. Garai, the trial court stated, on the record but in the absence of defense counsel, that it was going to replace a sick juror with an alternate juror, noting that the court had discussed the matter with counsel earlier that morning. After counsel had entered the courtroom and the jurors were seated, the court instructed the alternate juror to take the missing juror's seat. Defense counsel made no objection to the replacement of the sworn juror and continued on with the trial. We held that, if counsel had any objection to the replacement of the juror, it was incumbent upon him to raise an objection at that time, when the trial court had the opportunity to change course. Just as in Narayan, the acquiescence of counsel in Garai to continued proceedings left the issue of any violations prior to the cure unreviewable by this court. See People v. Neelan. Departure from the Orama procedure required an objection when counsel had sufficient notice in trial court to cure the error by objection. People v. Anderson. In sum, under the circumstances presented, defendant's acquiescence to the continued voir dire of prospective juror CK in open court, after he explicitly waived his antimarchy rights and failed to object to his pre-waiver absence from the brief sidebar with CK despite being invited to object, renders his claim unavailing. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Decided December 14, 2021. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.